0: You know, church, you, somebody said, well, I don't have to go to church to be saved. No, you don't. But church is a rallying point where you get filled up to to, to charge the next week. Uh, you fellowship with like believers and get stirred up. And uh, what somebody said, you get so stirred up, you want to charge hell with a squirt gun. And we want you to do that and know that God's got you back when you do. And so that's what we're talking about today is trust and uh I just want to, we're just going to let the Word of God speak to our hearts today, and we want to trust God in every area. You know, we started off the first song, said something about being on the mountain and being in the valley. It didn't matter, but, you know, when you're on the mountain, it's easy to trust God, and everything's going
1: good. But when your ship hits a rock, mm, you, can, you, can, you can lose your faith. It's called shipwrecked
0: faith. The Bible says your faith gets shipwrecked. Well, you don't want shipwrecked faith, even if you hit a rock. You still want to trust God. I trust God. I believe God. I'm going to trust God. And so uh, we're going to dig into the word today. And uh, uh, just let me pray. Father, I thank you for the word of God that penetrates our hearts. Let us learn to trust you like never before. Father, that you build us up, that, that our faith would grow today as we hear the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Proverbs 3 and verses 5 and 6. We're going to read it real quick. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Hmm. So, so here's, the, here's the key. I'm just going to jump out with some keys today. Your understanding will lead you astray. Your understanding because you know, and, and we get in a habit. Oh, this is the way I go home. This is the way I'm supposed to go. This is the shortest route. I'm going this way, this way, this way. And that's your understanding. But God may say, you know, I don't want you to go that way today. I want you to go this way. And I heard a story. A man did that. And he goes, I just feel led. I need to go the long way today. And he's driving, and it's dust dark, and he sees a two-year-old in the road. And there's not a house within a mile. But in his heart, he knew he was supposed to go that way. And he sees this two-year-old and gets out, and he's looking. There's nobody there. Hey. And he gets coaxes the two-year-old to him, and he starts looking for the nearest house. God sent him that way to save that baby. It's important that we learn to trust God. And you know what? I'm not going that. I'm not going to just be led by my understanding. I want God to speak to me. You know, when I, I, I first, I, was, I grew up in church, nobody ever told me that God wanted to speak to me. And to trust God, to learn to be led by God. And, and the pastor said, uh, I went to this church and the pastor said, well, the Lord spoke to me this week. And I went, what?
1: What are you talking about? God spoke to you? Are you kidding me? But I'd never been taught that, so I said, "God, have you ever spoke to me?
0: I need you to show me." And the whole next week, God said, "That was me." Remember that time you were arguing with yourself? You were arguing with me. Because the Lord said, "What about this?" And I'm like, "I'd never do that." I oh no, that's I don't do that. I. I The Lord was talking to me about moving. I said, I know everybody in the town I live in. Why would I? I'm not moving. In two years, I was there. God was preparing. God will prepare us, and we're not sure. We think it's us. But a lot of times, God speaks to us, and, and it sounds like us. But let God learn to hear God's voice and let him lead you. Just start asking him, and he will. So what does it mean to believe in Jesus? It means to trust him. Belief or faith, faith in God means to trust God. Faith is to adhere to, stick to, you're going to trust in, you're not going to be moved, you're going to believe God. And we need to believe God, we need to trust in Him no matter what the situation, the circumstance. And so as we go through these, you'll look, I spelled it out, T-R-U-S-T. And so the first one is turn
1: everything over to Jesus. Let's start with the hardest one. Turn everything over to Jesus. Man, that's hard. Cause you know what? We I got this.
0: I I got it all figured out. My own understanding. I know what to do. I know how to be married. I, I know how to drive. I know how to do this. I got this. But sometimes God will lead you out of the ordinary. You know, it's like the one guy said, "I'm getting married." I said, "Well, you need to go through marriage on the rock. You need to get some marriage counseling." And he goes, "Well, I got the understanding on marriage. I've been married three times." I'm like, "Yeah, well, that's why you need to, some counseling." And so. So, the whole thing is you, you always got to ask God's opinion, and, and you want God, what God wants about everything. So, so uh, as, as we read, uh, I'm going to go back. About a month and a half ago, I, I taught on fear. What you fear the most is where you trust God the least. I mean, there's, you know, you need to have respect for a hot pan. Matter of fact, I picked up a hot uh, screw the other day, and it's... Sends me right there. And the whole time I'm messing with it, I know this thing's hot. Don't touch it. Doggone, I dropped it and I grabbed it anyway. But but we have to have respect, but fear. I could never do that. I could never have that. I don't think God wants me to have that. Well, wait a minute. What does God's word say? And so we have to to learn to let go of fear and trust God. And you know what? Uh, sometimes, you know, the first time I ever preached, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm knees are knocking or first time I ever sang a solo and just nervous as a, you know all get out a cat and a you know a long tail cat in a room full of rocking chairs as they say but you're going to be nervous but you fight through it you face your fear and god will have you do things and god will have you go places and god will lead you and so in romans ten nine, and you wonder what well, how does this scripture even fit
1: it says if you confess with your mouth and uh to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord nothing come on Jesus went to the cross because of the love of God for you I need a sacrifice the father said Jesus said I'll go
0: wow for the joy that was set before him he went to the cross joy there's no joy in the cross the the joy is what came after he's the firstborn of many brethren he was raised from the dead and he's raised you from the dead he's put life in you you were dead in trespasses and sins and he made you alive in christ come on say it with me i'm alive in christ well pastor you don't know what i've done you don't know what i did well how about you were adam and eve and you messed it up for everybody You partook of the fruit and messed it up for everybody. Some of y'all still have a guilt complex about that. But wait a minute. They messed it up, and here comes God doing the same thing he's always done. He's meeting them in the cool of the day, and they're not there, and he knows where they're at. You can't hide from God.
1: He knows where they're at, and he goes, Adam, where are you, brother? Where are you? He's coming after them, even though they've messed up. You know God's still
0: after you? Don't care what you've done. God is coming after you daily. His grace and mercy follow after us. Can you stop running and let it catch up? Can you turn around and receive the grace and mercy of God? Can you stop today and let the love of God consume you? Can you forgive
1: yourself? Can you ask him to forgive you and receive his love and then forgive yourself? That's the hard part
0: you remember who you were and you remember what you did. And then you got people that want to remind you,
1: you know, and they're not, you know, they think they got it, but we'll talk about them next Sunday too. Nobody has it made. Man, you know what happens? We get saved for about four or five years and we, we forget. We, we, we want to forget
0: who we are and it's a good thing, but then you can't start pointing at other people. We got to love them into the kingdom of God we got to show them the love of Jesus. Well, well, somebody's got to straighten them out. That's the Holy Spirit's job. you got preachers trying to straighten people out from the pulpit, trying to get a bunch of people in the altar, and I believe in the altar, and I believe you need to re, re, you know, turn to God, but, but uh, the, me beating you over the head about it is not going to get you saved. I had a friend of mine, actually, his roommate you're going to church with me. And drug him to church and made him walk down the altar. And his salvation lasts two weeks because he didn't really give his heart to Jesus. That was that his friend made him walk the aisle. I got to get you saved. I got to get you saved. I hope the boy saved today, But the man, he made him walk down the aisle, and he stood there with him, and he needs to get saved. I used to have a foster mom. She had eight foster kids, and one of them messed up. She grabbed him by the ear and took him to the altar and wanted me to pray with him. You know what they did, and, you know, you need to pray for them. You know, she's trying to to, to get sin out of them. Well, the Word of God and the Holy Spirit does that. Amen? And the love of God, the love of God compels us and draws us. It's
1: His love, and we need to receive His love. Can you? I'm good, Pastor. Okay, God's love's after you. Number three. Use my life to serve others. Come on, it's time to get involved with the kingdom of God. You were made for so much more than what you see. You're a difference maker. Let me read the scripture before I dive into this just for a second.
0: In Romans 6.13, it says, Give yourselves completely to God. Every part of you, for you've been saved from death, and you want to be tools in the hands
1: of God to be used for His good purposes. Come on, if you're not feeling that, you need to want that. You
0: need it. That's not me. Well, we'll get to that. Yes, it is you. And in Ephesians 2.10, it says, God has made us what we are. And in our union with Jesus Christ, He has created us for a life of good works which he has
1: already prepared for us to do. God had a plan for you. But here's what happens. You know what stops us? Oh, I'm,
0: I'm, I can't ever be like them. I mean, they're, 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 oh, man, the way God used them, I, I could never be used for that. So I'm not going to do anything because I'm not like them. It's a comparison. Man, I got some favorite preachers, but I can't be like them. Matter of fact, years and years ago, I tried to be like one of them. My son said, no, don't ever do that again. That is not you. Do not ever do that again. I said, okay. You know, sometimes the Bible says the child will lead you, and you need to be able to receive from your kids. He goes, man, that wasn't you. Don't do that anymore. I said, okay. And so, you know, I'm different, and that's good. If we were all alike, life would be boring. Don't tell me the 12 that Jesus picked were perfect. Man, those dudes were not—they were—they—they were—they were, well, were rednecks, okay. You know, Peter, hey, y'all watch this, and he cuts a guy's ear off. I mean, Jesus had to fix it. Jesus was always fixing it. He's going to fix you. He's going to help you. He didn't say be perfect. He said
1: go do. I got you back. I'll be with you. I, Lord, I'm with you always, even when you mess up. Just, I need
0: you to step out. I need you to, as, as the word that she gave, I need you to water. You know, the, the first time you give somebody a scripture, you're planting a seed. The next time they hear a scripture, it's getting watered. The next time it's getting watered. The next time. And then one day they're going, you know, I've heard that in my whole life. I got to give my life to Jesus. It was like this one guy, he's a rock and roller. And his daddy said, son, before I die, you're going to get saved. Before I die, you're going to get saved. You're going to give your life to Jesus. Man, he was out there doing drugs and all this and that and the other, and one day his daddy died, and they got a phone call said, your daddy died,
1: and he just froze. And he turned to the band members and said, I got to get saved. My daddy just died,
0: and he said I'd get saved before he died. I didn't. I got to get saved now. His daddy didn't see it, but his daddy did see it from heaven. He didn't see it in this life. That's called trusting God. When you can trust God, you have planted, you see, it's not my job to bring the harvest. It is sometimes, a lot of times as a pastor, I get to reap the harvest, but it's what y'all planted or somebody else has planted. Man, I'm always, I'm always, if somebody's sick and it's almost unto death, I'm going to make sure they're saved. I want to make sure, and when we go, if the funeral comes, then I'm going to be, do you know Jesus? Because one day you're going to be in a coffin just like this, and people get saved because they come to the, I'm dying one day. The Bible says the point of man wants to die, but I've got to trust God to speak to people's heart, to give their heart to Jesus, and I've done that even before I was a pastor. I did that as a young man. People... We're sick and, and, and didn't look like they going to make it. I'll go talk to them. Let me ask them. And I challenge you to do the same thing. Go to your uncle. Go to your, 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 your wife's uncle. Go, go
1: to wherever, your husband's uncle, aunt, whoever. Talk to them. And that's, that's what we're, we're supposed to be used by God. We're
0: supposed to make that difference. And don't let comparison, well, I can't do it like it doesn't matter.
1: I don't care if you have a, a prayer written out. Years ago, I had one written out right here. Not in this church, but in another one. To how to lead somebody to Jesus. Matter of fact, I do have one right here to help people. Or sometimes I get the uh, out there,
0: I can't remember what I was doing. Don't I say, God helps you. But you, I, I know people that have pulled out a card and said, okay, will not you pray this with me?
1: Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name. You know, nothing wrong with that. Be ready. Be ready. A track or
0: whatever, back in the 70s, 80s, we, we passed out tracks, and people got saved. I told the story, and this, the, this boy was in uh, Brittany and Patrick's wedding, and he didn't know I was a pastor, and he didn't know me, and we went, uh, uh, we went fishing with bow and arrows off the coast and had a blast. That was uh, the bachelor's party. No drinking and all that good stuff. Don't get your mind right. And so we're driving back, and he starts telling his testimony. He was in New Orleans, said, man, we were drunk, and me and my buddy, we were drunk, and this man come up and gave me a track and give him a track, said, Jesus loves you. And said, my buddy knocked him out right there on the street of Bourbon Street, knocked him out. And he said, I felt so bad for that guy. I'm like, golly. And that man, because anybody ever tells me they've been a New Orleans witness, and I want to say, did you get knocked out? Because that man would love to know because he got knocked out, this boy got saved. Two weeks later, God is eating him up because he got the word. And he looks to his wife who goes to church and said, I got to get saved. You got to lead me to Jesus. She goes, uh, I don't know what to say. He goes in the back seat of the truck, there's a, there's a track, read it to me. And they're driving down the road. She opens up that track and she, they, he prays a, a, a prayer of salvation. It's being used, it's important just to, to pray. Pray over your food, To pray, pray over life, pray with your children, you're planting seeds in them. And to be that
1: witness in that light, you ain't got to be no Bible thumper and choke somebody with the Word, just be real with it. People are looking for somebody who's real. Man, I, I was working a job and they closed it down and said, uh,
0: uh, uh, what are you going to do? You just bought a car. You ain't got a job. I said, God's got me. I learned that God's got me. Even when you, you're in the wrong job, God's got you. He'll take you to the right place. And so, so, so l- listen, This we have
1: a purpose. If we don't have a purpose, you wouldn't be here. The moment you got saved, God would take you off the planet. But how are they
0: here? Romans 10, we read Romans 10 earlier, but before I said, how are they here unless somebody goes? How will they know unless somebody tells them? And we're we, Not you, Pastor. It's all of us have to be telling somebody, telling them about Jesus, inviting them to church. Yeah, this is a prime opportunity. The presence of God's here because the presence of God gets stronger when we come together. But you can lead somebody to Jesus. Come on. You can tell them about about how many horsepowers in the hot rod or what what caliber of gun you're shooting. You can tell them what kind of shoes to wear, ladies, if they're going to be on the dance line. Come on, there's things you know that just just cause you know because you've done it, but we need to know the Word of God, and we need to know how to be the light. I'm pushing Nana. I'm not
1: trying to push. I'm just telling you, come on, God's called you. God's called us all. Number four, stand for what's right. The only thing that's right is the Word of God. But here's what I say when it comes to politics, when it comes to voting, this is what this is your guide. This is your guide. Love, life, peace, joy, this is our guide. This, I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, Independent, whatever, a chicken in a hen house, this is your guide when you go to vote. And you need to vote according to the Word of God.
0: You want the right person in office, this is what you do, because you can get the wrong person in office. we got to vote the Word of God. But let's look. Stand for what's right. Ephesians 6, 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all to stand,
1: having done all to stand, having done all to stand, stand. I'm going to trust God. And you're on the mountain, it's easy, but when you're in the valley, when things aren't going good, when things are tough, when people are mean to you when, you, when your kids are mean to you, huh? Let's go back to the love that God
0: loves you, and any other parent other than me ever had their kid say, I just don't love you.
1: But yeah, but that does not disqualify them from being your child, because I used to say, tough, I'm your daddy, I don't care if you love me or not. I'm still your daddy. You can't get rid of me.
0: I'm just trying to do what's right. Well, you know what? I've heard people say, I just don't love God right now. You think that disqualifies them from being a child of God? No. God knows you're going through the pressure and through the heat and through the snow and through whatever. God still loves you. And so so we have got to, we've got to take a stand and we've got to learn to mature up. The Bible says be perfect. It means be mature. There comes a point when you're getting stressed and you're getting pressure that you're going to be mature enough to say, you know what, I still love God no matter what happens. I still love God. I'm going to trust God no matter what happens, no matter hell, high water, snow, sleet, whatever happens. I'm trusting God. We got to learn to trust Him because we're His children. And so stand therefore, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, your breastplate of righteousness, and it goes on to name all the armor. But I'm not talking about the armor today. I'm talking about trusting God and taking a stand. You know, draw a line in the sand. I, I'm not going to be moved. I heard a, I heard a sto- story of this Indian tribe, and when the, they were under attack, they had, their, they had a piece of leather tied to their ankle that was tied to a stake, and they drove a stake in the ground to prove to their enemy, I'm not going anywhere. Bring it on. And you need to drive a stake in the Word of God and tell the devil, come on. You didn't withstand the Word when He was alive. You're not going to withstand Him in me. Mmm. That's good. That's better than what you said. You know, we missed an amen there. because. But here's the problem. If you don't have any truth in you, you don't know what to stand on. We have got to get in the Word and know what the truth is. And, man, take a stand. Take a stand. I'm taking a stand on the Word for my children. I'm taking a stand on the Word for my wife or my spouse. I'm taking a stand on the Word for my job.
1: Come on, God can change everything at your job just for you. And if they don't want to change, he'll move you. We got to be, we're going to be led, right? We're going to trust God to guide us and lead us. Even though, oh, oh, oh,
0: when we read the stories in the Bible like, like those those guys just believed God and they didn't go through any pressure. They never had anything happen to uh, David. Man, David was anointed king as a teenager, and it didn't happen for years. And then he'd under persecution because of it. Saul trying to kill him. And we read it so fast. Saul tries, through a spear, David is stuck in the wall, and David slipped out the back.
1: Oh, oh that, was, that was probably
0: fun. No, it wasn't. Well, he got away, yeah, but you know what? Are you going to get away? Can you take a spear thrown at you? in this same chapter, the Bible says the devil throws fiery darts. And your shield of faith is what blocks those fiery darts. Bring it on, devil. None of that's going to stick to me. That, the, the shield was, well, I'm, I'm getting off. I said I wasn't going to talk about it, but here I am. The shield they had was soaked in oil and water. And when the fiery
1: darts hit them, a flame or an arrow of fire, it would go out. Give no place to the devil. Put your faith up. Put your trust in God. Psalm says, why so downcast, O my soul? Put your trust in God. When you start getting down, nope, nope, nope. In Psalms 37, 3 through 5, and listen to this. Trust
0: in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed upon his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to
1: pass. Let's break this down just for a second. Because you know what? What we delight yourself in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. get all upset about it and they did five miles an hour oh yeah straighten up your halo i know it's just me do good and dwell in the land and
0: feed on god's faithfulness is god faithful god's not a man where he can lie his word is true god is true he's going to back his word and god is faithful If God is faithful, then we got to be faithful to God. That's what we're talking about today. We're going to trust him no matter what. I'm going to be faithful because God is faithful. And it may not always happen when I want it to, and it may not always look good while I'm going through. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they probably prayed, Lord, don't let us go
1: through the fire. Lord, I rebuke that fire. Oh, Lord, that fire. Put that fire out, Lord. They had to go through the fire.
0: Sometimes you're going through the fire and the flood, but it says you'll come out and I smell it like smoke. You get on the other side. You know, I, I was dressed up pretty nice one Sunday, and a woman said, you don't know what it's like to be poor. I said, you don't know me. You don't know where I've come from. It's where God takes us to, and people want to look at the end. I mean, people come out of seminary, and they want a church. I want a $10,000 church. I want to make $120,000 a year to start with. Yeah, good luck. But there's no such thing as luck. You've got to be faithful. You've got to prove yourself. You've got to, you know, improve your skills. You, you've got to be a, a, a study. A, a, you've got to learn to study the Word. You've got to develop. And what it is, nobody wants to develop anymore. They just want to walk into it and be like
1: Jesus, you know, and, and just go ahead and be, I can run it. I can run it all. No. Let me finish. Delight yourself in the Lord. He shall give you desires. Commit your way to the Lord. How many of us want to hold on to our way? Well, this way I think we ought to do it. This way we did it in
0: the Baptist church. This way we did it in Presbyterian church. This way we did it in Church of God. This way we did it in Holiness. No, you know what? God may lead you to a new way. It's, It's always
1: going to be in line with his word, but it may not be the way you would do it and he shall bring it to pass. So, number 5. Trust what the word says. Miss Shirley, will you come help me out for a minute? Well, I got Miss Shirley's going to uh walk us through this
0: and she's got a testimony uh and actually her family does. So, and we'll talk about her and her family just for a second so Trust what the Word says. Trust God at His Word. And so, uh, uh, Psalms 1830 says, As for God, His way is perfect, and the Word of the Lord is proven. He's a shield to all who trust Him. So, I wanted to bring up that the Word of God is proven. And so, I, I'm going to let Miss Shirley have this. And and uh, Miss Shirley, I want you to tell us, uh, years ago, you were in a car wreck, and uh, it, it wasn't all... It wasn't all good. So just t- start us off there best you can.
2: Okay. Uh, in 2008, my husband and I passed a church at that time. And uh, we were going to Greensboro because I had a ladies' meeting that Saturday night. And so he went with me. And I don't remember going down. I don't remember having the ladies' meeting. I don't even, this today, I don't. But uh, that Sunday when we started home, a truck hit us. And my husband was killed instantly. I don't remember anything about it, but I had over 70 fractures. I was taken to Moses Cone Hospital. I was given a death sentence, really, uh, and I was in a coma 11 days. And so I had over 35, uh, over 35 fractures just in the left arm, 11 broken ribs, 25 through this area, uh, pins in the knees and ankles, but God. We have a God, Church. You got a God, Hallelujah. But see, I was in a coma eleven days. When I came out of the coma, after eleven days, I did not recognize anybody. I did not recognize my children. I didn't know my birthday. I didn't know anything that was going on. Period. At that time, and uh, one of my children said, "Well, what does Joel three ten say? What does First uh, Peter two twenty four say? I don't know." My birthday, I can quote you the word, but I can't tell you anything natural, because the word was here, and the natural's here, and so the kids kept a a tape player, a CD player going, even when I was in a coma. That's so important, church. Your spirit will get the word when your mind's not receiving, but your spirit will, and that's so important to do. And so then I did come out and had therapy uh, many many times stayed over here with my daughter Susan for from uh, I was out in November I was out of the coma they said I'd be there three or four months but in November I was released from the hospital had a memorial service for my husband that had been buried which I didn't even know for a long time that was gone I was in a coma 11 days and so um, God brought me through. And I give him all the glory. But I had, my church were praying. People even here were praying. My children, my, all my children, all my in-laws was there, period, period, all the time, all the time, all the time. And uh, what a glorious God. And they spoke the word over me. And they continue even today to do that as well. But I went, I'll go over healing scriptures every day. I did even before the accident. I go over it when I don't need it, and I go over it when I do because I know i got an enemy out there. And when you receive a healing, he'll try to come right back at you with something, and you have to go to Luke 10 and know your authority. And we just have to praise God that we have that. And so I praise God for bringing me out. Uh, Even though they said they'd take my left arm off at the emergency room before the surgeon came, he said, when he took the cast off, if you can get it up to here, you're doing really good. Well, I can get it all the way, you know. So to God be the glory, <laughs> but I give Him all the praise, all the glory, and the healer's in the house.
0: So, so let's talk just for a second, and and uh, I, I want to say something. She's in a car wreck, in a coma, and looks horrible, and it looks like she's not going to make it. Her three children. Their spouses rally together, and they don't let people in uh, to see her. Why? Because every one of us tend to walk by sight and not by faith. And we walk in there, and they drew a line and took a stand. We're going to trust God. We're going to believe God that Mama's going to make it. Didn't look, oh, she'll be a vegetable. She's not going, if she does make it, she'll be a vegetable. She came out of it, and she didn't know her own children's name. Well, there you go. It's going to be a vegetable. Nope, they're standing on the word. They, they put the word. They played the word. They spoke the word, and they, and they prayed healing over her, and they stood, and they stood strong. Her whole family, t- tight and close-knit, and people got mad because they wouldn't let her in because, you know what? Oh, it looks bad. She's not going to make it. Going to be in agreement that she's not going to make it. You got to be in agreement that she is going to make it, and I'll stand with you until you, if you pass. I'm still going to rejoice with you because she she's going to bounce into heaven wide open. You don't bust it wide open. But, but wait a minute. She is a blessing to me, not only her family, but to me and to this church. And she just went and ministered down in South Carolina there Wednesday night. Had huh? Had a great time. So she still, she still has things to do. There's a purpose for her life. But what I want to say, the doctor that operated on her arm, Spirit of God, got on him. He said, I can't quit. I couldn't quit until I, I, I just had to kept working. I kept working. I mean, we, we probably should have cut it off, but I kept working, kept working, and I just couldn't quit. The Spirit of God got on him. He couldn't quit. And now she can do it. She can cut your hair with, her, with, her, with that arm. And it was no, no use. There wouldn't be any use, anything like that. But I, I just want to say that her family rallied and stood. They took a stand on the Word, and, and they trusted what the Word said. Is there anything else you want to add? Even when
2: the doctors would come in and give a negative report, which they did, uh, the kids, they did not deny that the fact existed, but they denied its right to exist in my body. They said, no, my mother's going to come out of that. And I had bleeding on the brain. I had aneurysms. I had all the stuff that went with it. But I had a God that said, you know, I come and healed you and brought you out of the pit of destruction. But my children sure did stand against uh, with me. My in-laws stood, and they stood for months, even after I was out of the hospital, even after I had to go home and I lived an hour and a half away. Uh, they still stood. That mother's going to be all right. And, you know, thank God mother is and mother can be. And I just give him all the glory.
0: <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Miss Shirley. So Psalms 33:4 4 says, let the word of the Lord all,
1: uh, for the word of the Lord always holds true, and everything he does is worthy of trust. You know, the news, the internet, books, different books. The only book that's true is the word of God. And the word of God will change you. She's a living miracle. All those broken bones, not supposed to be alive. So that's why I push the word of God because the word of God is the difference maker. Not what we think, not
0: what our opinion is, it's the word of God. And if you ask me my opinion, I'm going to say, well, I'll tell you what the word of God says. You know, I try to go that way because we can all have an opinion and when I start giving my opinion, that's when I I fail. And so we got to live by the word of God because it's true, it always holds true. Hebrews 6:18 says God can't break his word. So we who have trusted our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let go. Can you grab it with both hands this morning and never let it go? That's why it's so important to read the Word every day. Read the Word. And I'm not talking about you got to read 14 chapters. And man, when I was a little Baptist boy, I read it as fast as I could, and I didn't get any of it. Okay, i got to read my chapter day. Oh, and there was a man in the Pharisees named Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews, and I just read it, and I'm like, check, let me give me my star, you know, and then I'd invite people to church, hey, you want to go to church, 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 you go to church? You wanna... that's five, give me my other star, got my star, just going through the motions, being religious, get one scripture, I don't care if it takes you all week, get it in your heart. Learn to stand on 1 Peter 2, 24, Matthew 8, 17, Isaiah 53,
1: 4, and 5. What is that? Well, look it up. Hmm? It's about life and healing and, and, and everything in this life. And so, so God can't break his word. We have to trust our very lives with him. He's real. I somebody, I don't care if aliens land in my backyard, Jesus is still Lord.
0: Huh? If they find out Bigfoot's real, Jesus is still Lord. Don't get all caught up in all that. What about UFOs? Who cares about UFOs? Jesus is Lord. What if a president, who's going to be the next president? Who cares? Jesus is Lord. And we're going to be taken care of because we have trusted in him. And, yeah, it might get ugly, but we're going. God's got us. And he'll, he'll, he'll lead us right into heaven if it happens. Come on, don't be afraid
1: of that. Heaven is your future, and heaven is forever. Huh? We hear about that long. Because it was yesterday I was in high school. It feels like, but it wasn't. My back could tell you it wasn't, you know. It wasn't, but God is our hope. He's our trust. Let's put our trust in Him.
0: So I want you to bow your heads, but I want you to listen to this scripture. This is the last one. Why should we trust? Why should you dare to trust? Because there's no hope without Him, huh? In John 1 12, to all who received Him, to those who believed in His name, Jesus gave the right to become the children of God. As children of God, we can expect God to take care of us. We got to trust Him. If you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus, To be your Lord and Savior. You've never prayed and asked Him to come into your life. You've never prayed to receive Him. If that's you, will you lift your hand today? Anybody? Maybe you're here and you feel like the prodigal son, you know, that... that, That you you went to church when you were little or you gave your heart to Jesus years ago, but you haven't been living for him. He's still following after you. His love is still pursuing you. If that's you today and you you want to come back or you want to give your get your life, give your life to God, if that's you, will you raise your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor? Yeah, I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Anybody else? Come on, it's between you and God. Not me and God, you and God. Let's all pray this with them together then. Say, Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Lord, forgive me. Renew me. Restore me. Thank you that your love and mercy has never let me go. You've always been there. And today, I turn to you to give you my life, fresh and new. Thank you, Lord. I'm your child. Jesus, you're my king. In Jesus' name, amen.